Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. The iCritical Care Podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts, Dr. Richard Savell. Dr. Savell is the Associate Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. He also is an Assistant Professor of Medicine at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care Podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email info at sccm.org. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. This is an audio companion to the e-newsletter for August 16th, 2007, and I'm Dr. Richard Savell. Fewer nurses on staff tied to increased ventilator-associated pneumonia rates. A study published in Critical Care reports that the fewer nurses on duty in an intensive care unit, the greater the risk for patients to develop ventilator-associated pneumonia. Researchers in Geneva, Switzerland, followed 936 mechanically ventilated patients from admission to discharge during a four-year period. During the study, there were 262 episodes of ventilator-associated pneumonia. Late-onset ventilator-associated pneumonia, infection after six days on ventilation, accounted for 61% of all episodes. The average nurse-to-patient ratio in the study period was 1.9 to 1, depending on shift and ward population. After controlling for age, gender, disease, and other variables, the researchers found that the incidence of pneumonia was associated with an average of 0.78 nurses per patient two to four days before early-onset ventilator-associated pneumonia and 0.42 nurses per patient two to four days before late-onset ventilator-associated pneumonia. The low nurse-to-patient ratio was a significant risk factor for ventilator-associated pneumonia. Study examines gender and COPD. A study published in the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine examined how chronic obstructive pulmonary disease affects men and women differently. Researchers studied 1,000 COPD patients, 38% of them women, and found that bronchitis is more common in women and emphysema is more common in men, according to Health Day. In addition, women in the study reported more breathlessness, a higher incidence of depression, and a lower quality of life compared with men. There have been multiple attempts to document the differences in COPD between men and women, and this study was able to make two major advances. Researchers said they were able to study a large sample of both men and women with COPD and obtain detailed images of their airways. The patients in the study also received objective assessments of the condition of their airways. An accompanying editorial said the article highlights the need for more research on COPD and gender, especially as the number of women diagnosed with COPD is on the rise. Patients show their gratitude to healthcare facilities with donations. The New York Times reported on the growing trend of patients giving charitable donations to the medical facilities that cared for them. A recent study from the Center on Philanthropy at Indiana University found that 23% of all American households gave to health-related causes in 2005. While not all those gifts came from grateful patients, the study did find that 70% of the country's wealthiest households, those with a net worth of at least $1 million or annual income of at least $200,000, 
donated to health organizations. The total number is actually larger when one includes gifts to university-based medical centers, which normally are counted as gifts towards education. The average annual gift was $21,257. Like one's college alma mater, health organizations remain on the patient's donor list for life. It is a marvelous part of our culture and very unique, said Herbert Parties, M.D., president of New York Presbyterian Hospital. In America, when people are affected by an illness, they turn around and try to help others facing the same thing. There are examples of affected families spearheading major health initiatives going back 50 years. SCCM News. Congress call for abstracts closes September 5. Submit your abstract today for presentation at the Society of Critical Care Medicine's 37th Critical Care Congress. All abstracts must be submitted by Wednesday, September 5, 2007. If accepted, your work will be on display from February 2nd through the 6th, 2008, and the abstract will be published in Critical Care Medicine, the top critical care subspecialty journal. In addition, you will become eligible for peer evaluation from world-renowned critical care experts, several scientific and research awards as well as educational scholarships, and complimentary Congress registration. Submit your abstract now at sccm.abstractcentral.com. Acceptable categories include administration, basic science, clinical reports, clinical science, and education. For details about abstract categories and guidelines, click on www.sccm.org. SCCM offers resources for new payment reforms. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services this month issued a final rule that will create a new system of 745 Medicare Severity Diagnosed Related Groups, MSDRGs, to replace the current 538 DRGs. In June 2007, the Society of Critical Care Medicine submitted comments supporting the agency's proposal to move its current inpatient prospective payment system to the MSDRG system. This change now will allow the inpatient prospective payment system to better recognize severity of illness and resources used. The transition will begin with a 50-50 payment blend in 2008 and will be implemented fully in 2009. Payments will increase for hospitals serving more critically ill patients and decrease for those serving patients who are less critically ill. The new policy and payment changes will go into effect October 1, 2007. The rule also includes important provisions to ensure that Medicare no longer pays for the additional costs of certain preventable hospital-acquired conditions, including some infections. The new rule implements sections of the 2005 Deficit Reduction Act that relate to the expanded requirements for hospital quality reporting and adjustment in DRG payments and discusses plans to implement a value-based purchasing program for hospitals beginning in fiscal year 2009. The Society offers several resources about this new rule, including detailed information about the payment methodology, the hospital-acquired conditions, as well as quality measures. Education and Resources Prepare for tomorrow today at the Society of Critical Care Medicine's 37th Critical Care Congress. An effective critical care provider anticipates healthcare trends of the future and trains for them today. 
The Society of Critical Care and Medicine's Critical Care Congress brings together critical care professionals from around the world and provides them with the opportunity to unite, share ideas, and create powerful advances in critical care medicine. Join your colleagues February 2nd through the 6th, 2008, in Honolulu, Hawaii, USA, for SCCM's 37th Critical Care Congress. Take advantage of the many opportunities to learn, share, and strengthen your skills. You won't want to miss this year's highlights, including a modified schedule, pre-Congress courses, the Hopper Pass, a casual dress code, the post-Congress event on Kauai, and more. You may contact SCCM Customer Service at 1-847-827-6888. Test your fellows with SCCM's in-training exam for intensivists. How can you determine if your fellows are ready to take the critical care subspecialty exam? Assess knowledge gaps and receive an objective measurement of your critical care fellowship program and its participants with SCCM's Multidisciplinary Critical Care Knowledge Assessment Program. Offered March 10th through the 14th, 2008, the MCCKAP exam is administered by critical care program directors to evaluate the strengths of fellowship program participants. Directors often administer the exam as a preparation tool for the critical care subspecialty examination or as an identifier for topic areas that need to be reviewed. In addition to individual scoring, your institution's overall scores are ranked by percentile and compared with other participating institutions. The deadline to order is February 7, 2008. Again, you may contact SCCM Customer Service for more details. Time is running out to nominate your colleagues for SCCM awards. Anne Mosenthal, M.D. from the University of Medicine and Dentistry, New Jersey, was honored last year with the Society of Critical Care Medicine's Grenvik Family Award for Ethics for her work in promoting the humane delivery of critical care. Dr. Mosenthal's extensive and impressive clinical practice, research, and leadership have made her a leader in the effort to integrate palliative care principles and practices into trauma care. Colleagues noted her numerous efforts to make palliative and end-of-life care discussions a regular component of surgical morbidity and mortality conference and ICU rounds. Her efforts also lives in her own hospital. Working collaboratively with her surgical colleagues and other members of the ICU team, Dr. Mosenthal has led the development of educational programs and curricula to train surgeons in palliative care and has contributed to several landmark series in the literature. She also has served as a visiting professor at two other institutions where she assisted hospitals in integrating palliative care programs into their trauma ICUs. She played major roles in the Critical Care End-of-Life Peer Workgroup and the Surgeons Palliative Care Workgroup, both part of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation's Promoting Excellence in the End-of-Life Care Program. Her work has helped to transform the culture of end-of-life care for trauma and critically ill patients as well as their families. The Society is proud to have presented her with this prestigious recognition. It is time again to nominate your colleagues and ICU team members for their work in supporting ethical and humane critical care delivery. Nominate a Society member for the Grenvik Family Award for Ethics by September 1, 2007. The deadline for the following awards is also September 1, 2007, Apply or nominate your colleagues before time runs out. The Dr. Joseph and Ray Brown Award, Norma J. Shoemaker Award for Critical Care Nursing Excellence, and the Family-Centered Care Award. 
And finally, the Vision Grant submission deadline is approaching. Application deadline for the Society of Critical Care Medicine's Vision Grant is September 1st, 2007. If you haven't applied, do not delay your submission any longer. Up to $50,000 in funding is available for an investigator-initiated research project. The Vision Grant is available to SCCM member researchers who focus their study on one or more aspects of the Society's vision. For information and applications, please call the Society of Critical Care Medicine's customer service number at 1-847-827-6869. For the iCritical Care Podcast, I'm Dr. Richard Savell. Join your colleagues February 2nd through the 6th, 2008 in Honolulu, Hawaii, USA for SCCM's 37th Critical Care Congress. Bring the entire family for this special Congress, which will combine learning with ample leisure and tour opportunities, making the 2008 Congress one you will not soon forget. You won't want to miss such highlights as the modified schedule, pre-Congress courses, Hopper Pass, casual dress code, the post-Congress event on Kauai, and more. The Society's 2008 Congress is not just a meeting, it's an experience. For details or to register, visit www.sccm.org.